All right, so we have some follow-up. Follow-up. <laughs> Sound effects. Um, three three weeks ago, when you were rambling about your first world problem, I mean the um, photos, editing photos on iPad and all. First world problems are still problems. <laughs> Don't discriminate problems. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we mentioned this app from this designer called Drew Wilson, which I'm a big fan of. And uh, we talked that he, we mentioned that he was working on this app, like photo editing app for iOS and Mac. And now after some uh, app store drama, uh, their apps are finally live on the Mac app store and the iOS app store. And it's called Filtron, right? You remember those, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at the website right now. So you haven't played with it. You haven't downloaded them yet. I, I did download it and I, I played with it a little bit. But it doesn't seem to be the app for me. Yeah, I can see that. But here's the good news. Uh, I don't know if you've seen, like, so you can go to filtron.co. Uh, that's a website. As I told you, it's like it's released on the Mac and iOS, and they're syncing, like, between. So you can create your own filters. And that's like their big selling feature. Exactly. Is you can create your own filters. You can create your own filters. And you there's can... a market, right, for other people's filters. Exactly. You can you can share your filters with other people and you can buy like filters from professional photographers that they create. They've created these filters just for the app and you can buy like as a pack, kind of like Visco. They have that as well. Yeah. Um, but you have uh, some cool features like that, like creating your own filters. You can apply multiple filter filters um, on, a, on a single photo and you can tweak like the intensity of a filter. So that's pretty cool. And um, you know what? There's a Mac app. That's something new. That's something um, that's worth mentioning. Cause yeah, that's super cool. That a lot. Yeah. And you know what? He, uh, he's been pretty active on Twitter. Uh, Drew, that is. Um, and an interesting fact that he shared uh, today, I think, uh, is that, you know, there's this misconception or something. Like that iOS has a lot more users than Mac. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Mac is a way smaller uh, market, <laughs> basically. But he shared that um, for Filtron, he has like uh, roughly the same numbers of downloads on iOS and Mac. So huh. I guess Mac development is still not dead in a way. Yeah. There's, there's also his market, which is like right. mostly right, right. designers audience. and developers. Right. Um, so that also helps. So, like, let's say if, if you're building a game, then I would say you're probably gonna have way more users on iOS. But building a photo editing app, I think it makes sense that. But it's still a valid point. I mean, I know. Yeah. He's, he's a well-known designer and has this um, group of followers that you know it's it's a good starting point uh, for, to to release an app, but it's still valid. I mean. Not everyone has a Mac. I mean, <laughs> I, I think it's easier to find a designer that has an Android than to find a designer that has a Windows. Oh, uh, yeah. They exist. By but far. Um, yeah, I, I've, I feel that. Uh, even way before I even started programming or designing or whatever, when I was a child, like this was one of the first stigmas, like one of the first misconceptions that it was is like Macs are for artsy people and, yeah. and, and designers are in that in that realm so yeah anyway so filtron is out uh i've downloaded it 
I've played with it. There are still a lot, a lot of things missing. I felt that, uh, even though I'm a huge fan of Drew, so disclaimer, um, uh, I think it's pretty, the app is very pretty and it works pretty well, but like UX-wise, like uh, the way you navigate through it, it can be a little bit confusing at times. Stuff mm-hmm. like you don't add a photo, like at least to my knowledge, like so far, you can't add a photo like to a, like a, a local library inside the app. It's like you import a photo, you apply some filters, and then it's done. Like it's right. out of the the app. It's 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 weird because I mean we are used to apps like Instagram and Visco and stuff like that, and this is kind of different. So uh, I don't want to just say that this is bad usability well, wait, and whatnot. How is that different from Instagram? Instagram, you just import one photo and then you edit it and then you post it. Oh, yeah, you're right. But I don't know. In Instagram, I feel that you post it and then it's on Instagram. It's like right, it's yeah. in the feed. If you want to go back and see it, you can just go to your profile and see the photos there, right? Yeah. Um, see, I don't mind that that much. What I <laughs> really tripped me up in the beginning was the first screen of the app is like this green screen with two buttons. <laughs> There's a plus button. And there is this paintbrush icon. Right. And honestly, I didn't know which one to go for. I think I went with the plus, but... It has a little, it has like an onboarding thing in the beginning where it tells you what it is, what those icons are. But yeah, like coming out, just like looking at some screenshots, you have no idea what, what to do with it. Um, it's a weird thing with onboarding. It's a very important part of designing your app. But it's it's one of those things that you, even though you have to put a lot of thinking behind it and a lot of effort um, to make it clear and to make it um, a good user onboarding experience, but you have to design your app with the assumption that like, okay, imagine that the users just skip all the onboarding because that's going to happen every <laughs> single time. Which is exactly what I did. See, there you go. I don't do, like, I'm a, I'm a very good user, like... <laughs> I do what I'm what I'm supposed to, or at least what I what I think the designers want me to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I just like I just like looking at it and see yeah how it's designed. For example, Instagram. We can talk about that later. But Instagram is a new um, like onboarding experience, anyway, like the login screen and all, which is one of those things that you see like once or twice. Uh, yeah. In the life cycle. Like, Did you take screenshots? Um. No, because when I took, when I was about to take a screenshot, the keyboard was summoned and I couldn't dismiss it. Uh, it was weird. And, but it has like, basically it's like this gradient changing colors. Okay. Right. And mm-hmm. that inspired me to actually, to, to take that to a new uh, Sketchcast landing page that I'm working on. I don't know if you've nice. seen that. I dribbled that. Huh? I dribbled that. Yes. Um, we're, anyway. <laughs> we're converting you. Uh, anyway, I, I just want to share one last thing that Drew, um, he shared as well. I have other things to talk about, too, about it, about the app. Okay, okay. So, okay, so uh, Drew released uh, alongside uh, alongside the app, the, he released two blog posts on his personal blog, on his personal website, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of them is titled Building Filtron, where he goes all over, like, the, the life cycle two of the app. Two super so in-depth w- posts. Oh yeah, like, how it started, uh, who he started out with, like he started this with his brothers, and like all of the drama that's around this, because this was in development for two years. So basically, the gist of it is, it's hard to build an app. It's it's really hard, and this was like this was a product that started out as a, 
like kind of like an iMovie for Mac, and then he pivoted um, to create a side, like a companion app for that iMovie clone, where you would like add filters to to your movies, and then that pivoted as well, to, like again to to filter on what it basically is now. Yeah. So building an app is hard. And basically, the gist of it is, I think it's it's a very interesting post. Like, go through it. It's not that long, and you can see like some of the early iterations of the designs and all. It's pretty interesting. I love this kind of post. It's one of those things that I I wanted to be able to do this, but I don't yeah. know why. I can never pull this off. Anywho, um, and he released a second blog post called "Designing Filtron," where uh, it's a little simpler, but it's just like. The design stages, you can see a lot of early mockups. He started designing this um, when iOS 6 was around. So, yeah, a while that ago. was a long time ago. <laughs> a long time ago. And you can see like the evolution of the, the mocks, but basically, it's a, it's a good lesson to take all of this, even though Drew is a, is a rather famous designer. Um, he's most well known by the Pictos, Pictos yeah. icons sets anyway uh he done a lot of shit uh but um it's it's a very important lesson to take out of this which is even though you are building your own product and you are a designer and probably care a lot about how your app is going to look but life gets in the way and budget gets in the way and the lesson to take out of this is he didn't have that much time to in in budget to throw at design so it, he says that like the design didn't change much. Like he had to uh, make himself like stop and and decide on one version and ship that. Yeah, and I mean, Drew's the expert at shipping stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. I don't even know how he gets everything done. That guy and always like, travel the U.S. at the same amazing. time. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> so anyway, the apps uh, they are free, both versions, and they are on the app stores. We're gonna put. Uh, links in the show notes if you want to read those blog posts and check out the app yeah and so, go yeah. check the um, marketing website he he designed for it it's mm-hmm. really great so you have like one preview of the mellow filter but you can actually interact with mm-hmm. it and it's mm-hmm. the same interaction that you have in the app super smooth really nice um and, and then you know what what that that little uh, widget thing yeah. like interactive on a web yeah that's a part of the like web service if you share one of your photos through filtron you will have this like you have this profile uh website web page profile right and you, yeah. you, if you share that this is embedded on your photos so you can you can have the same effects yeah that's super on cool your photos and uh if you go down to or like what are filters you can also like navigate between these like you can within the app like click on like one two three super cool super well done it's like really nice little touches yeah i think the app isn't for me but i think it's a really well made app and it's really well thought out and there's there's so many filters and adjustments that you can't necessarily do in other apps um, so I think for some people that's gonna be it's gonna be a great app. Yeah, uh, it's still missing, and he he said that a lot of features were had like they had he had to cut it out for version yeah. one, um, and stuff like the first photo that I imported into Filtron, I wanted to give a little like a crop, mm-hmm. and you can't. 
can't crop photos. Oh, I, I assume yeah. that's like a, you know, like a low hanging fruit for point releases or yeah. whatever. But um, cropping is hard. <laughs> uh, Instagram had a pretty cool set of tools. For yeah, editing. no, no. What I'm saying is, like, actually implementing cropping a photo is hard. Oh, uh, I have no idea, but I'm gonna uh, trust you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've I've talked about what I want in a photo editing app. Uh, in like previous episodes, so I won't go back into it. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a cool app. Doesn't really fit my needs, but you should give it a try. It's free on the App Store, I think. Yeah, it's free. Mm -hmm. So um, download it, and if you like it, buy some uh, some filters. All right, is that it for follow up? That's it. Yeah, not not a lot of follow up this week. Cool. There was a big thing that happened in the world of design, and we didn't talk about it for for a bit. So now is the time. Now, now is, the, is time. the time. We are here to talk about. This is going to be our only topic, most likely. Uh, so we are talking about uh, Figma. For if you don't know what Figma is, uh, Figma is a product that came out uh, three weeks ago, maybe two or three weeks ago. Uh, something like that. Yeah. And it's a collaborative uh, design tool, in a way. So, I don't even know where to start. So, Figma is a lot of stuff and wants to be a lot of stuff and has the potential to be a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, there are just three things. Yeah. So, let's, let's start with what it is right now. Okay. So, right now, Figma is kind of like Sketch, but in a browser. Yeah. Right? And the fact that it's on a browser um, allows for a lot of stuff that Sketch really can't provide. Um, for example, it has a very good versioning control system uh, built in. It will, I don't think it's, it does at the moment, but it will allow uh, simultaneous editing, which we can talk about in a minute. That can be like, this is, that is scary for me, but... Um, <laughs> But you can't, like, you can have more than one person yeah. working on one file. Let's see, do you think that um, a native app couldn't do these same things, these same features? I mean, the window itself, like, the app itself could, yeah. but it would have to have a very strong web component, like a, a, a back service, in a way, to yeah. allow this. But so, I don't think there is anything special about the web that makes this more feasible than, than just doing a regular OS that app. No, for this it doesn't. But for example, a very good uh, vantage point of Figma is because it's on a web, uh, it's cross-platform. Right. You can use this in Windows, um, and the fact that it's on a web, it allows. It's not on their plans, at least not publicly. I don't see that mentioned ever, anywhere. But uh, I assume that since it's all in in the browser, you could uh, eventually port this like for the ipad pro for example or i think port it to the iphone would be silly but you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah they're not they're not um like they're not stuck with with a platform and that's gonna be pretty cool yeah that's that's the one advantage i'd say is this idea of like cloud computing of 
I can take any computer, just log in and do my work. Right. Just kind of cool when you think about it. It is. It is. So, and you can work from an iPad, you can work from anywhere. It doesn't matter. And it's, it's a bit like Google Drive versus Pages, right? Mm-hmm. And this is huge. I mean, it, this can change a lot of stuff. Um, and we will talk about more stuff. I just, I just want to try to focus on one part of it for now. Yeah. So let's talk about it. They, they, are, they are in a, a closed beta. So you can go to the website and you can sign up to like, reserve your place uh, on a queue. <laughs> I guess, and um, and they'll eventually let you in, so you can try it out. Uh, not immediately, but you can go to Figma.com and, and and sign up. I've been fortunate enough that I, I I've been able to to test this for a while now, so I've I've played with it for quite some time, like intensively. I also got to play with it a little bit. That's cool. So you're you're in the beta. Yes. Right. Cool. So right off the bat, like when I approached this. And it was like, okay, so this is Sketch on a browser. I was really, like, put me off a little bit because I generally, I don't like web apps. Mm-hmm. I, if I can work on a native app, like, I don't know, it, it gives me a sense of trust that right. a web app kind of, like, it doesn't for me. So if I, if I have the choice, I will always go for the native apps. Same here. So I was a really, yeah, I was really, like, I took a step back and I was like, I don't, I really don't know if this is, I was not really, you know, ecstatic about it, but, um, you know, I tried it out and to be honest, it blew me away, like performance wise. Cause that was the thing that I was, I had more concerns about. It was like performance, like it's not running native code. It's all on a browser. So definitely performance will have to take a major hit. And we know that uh sketch even though it has pretty good performance uh you know if you compare it to the to the has a few bugs to competitors but it, yeah it has a few a lot of bugs it's it starts to like it's not even funny anymore that every major release every point release it's just like bug fixes and bug fixes and if you kind of look back like one two years sketch really hasn't shipped that many major like features in a way it's kind of like a very iterative slow evolution which i'm not against i mean to be honest i would rather have them work on bug fixes than adding new features at this point and that's kind of what they're doing <laughs> yeah like most fine. of their their releases are bug fixes and still still bugs and then on the other end of the spectrum we have like photoshop which is massive and sure, it can be a little bit more reliable if you're, you know, if you're used to it in a way. It's not free of bugs by any means, but it's more reliable. But performance is crap. <laughs> like spinning beach balls in Photoshop <laughs> is a thing. And it's just this huge bloatware with like a bunch of crap everywhere. And you have the installer app running constantly on your computer. with <laughs> Like the one pending update, even though you've updated everything. It's just and you like, try yeah. to uninstall it and you can't. It's like a zombie in your computer, <laughs> Creative Cloud. Anyway, so when Figma came out with this proposal that we are doing, we are building this design tool on a browser, I was like, good luck. Um, but uh, it's not uh, like it's not free of bugs. Of course, it's still beta, so I kind of have to give them that excuse. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm giving them this excuse for now, like until they, you know, come out of beta and actually like start charging for it and you know when they actually release a 
1.0, then I can be a little bit more critical because I, I don't, I, I feel that I can and I should. But for now, for a beta, it's pretty darn impressive. Yeah, they almost almost uh, match feature-wise what Sketch delivers right now. You know, at least when, when it comes to editing tools, and then some more. Like I know that they are like they build a whole engine um, with C and they are using WebGL technology to actually like render all of the everything you see on screen. So for that, I was pretty blown away. So it's it's a pretty impressive thing. Yeah. What I love about it is the uh, constraints feature. Yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, because then the and then more features when it comes to Sketch is um, they have built in this uh, they call constraints, which there's some plugins for Sketch that that does this. Uh, I've covered quite a few in Sketchcast. Also, if you played with. Uh Xcode. Yeah. And uh, not all the way out, but yeah, yeah it is auto layout. Yeah. Um, uh, that's like basically the same idea. So instead of saying like, okay, this rectangle is going to be uh, from like 10 pixels from the top and 10 pixels from, from the bottom and be uh, width is going to be 600 and its height is going to be 130. Uh, instead of doing that, you basically tell it, Okay, it's going to be five pixels from the left, five pixels from the right, and five pixels from the top, and just stretch the width to fit like in, in between. Yeah, instead of you uh, positioning objects uh, and properties like width and height on a fixed coordinate, like this is on position X something and Y X something, mm-hmm. um, you set it constraints relative to other objects. So uh, usually like the artboard, like the frame that it's in. So you can say this is always um, aligned, like vertically aligned. And if you stretch and if you resize the 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 artboard or the frame, um, it will keep all of those constraints that you set it. And I don't know. I, I on the web, this is you see we see this a lot, but not on our design tools. Our design tools are usually just static images, so you can't really morph it. So if you're designing for the web, for example, which where everything is fluid and everything is responsive, instead of you, you know, setting sizes like, okay, I'm going to design this static thing for, for desktop and the laptop and tablet and phone. You just set this one artboard. It's your website, and you start setting a lot of constraints. Like, this content is always mm. twenty pixels from the left, right? And yeah. you know, always take the full width. Something like that. Yeah, I think one thing it's missing right now that will make this really awesome is being able to set like overrides for different breakpoints. Yeah, breakpoints. Yeah, definitely. So let's say, I don't know, you have a four column grid on like an iPad size device and you want to turn it into a two column size on iPhone. Like that's something that you have to do often. It'd be awesome if you could do that. With, with these constraints and then just be able to resize your artboard and see how it behaves at different sizes. Because right now it has to keep the same dimension, same proportion. So if you have a four column layout on the iPad or desktop and then you resize it down to mobile, you would keep these same four columns. They would just be smaller. But I mean, they're super close. To, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's something that they're going to add soon. Yeah, I mean, the the... the hard work is already done i guess that's easier to yeah exactly like alongside the the constraint thing they have like fluid 
grids i don't know how to call it like the grid system of them they can kind of work with those constraints as well so always say these are uh, two columns with a gutter of i don't know 20 pixels and if you resize it it will adapt to the thing the last thing is they call it frames within frames and frames is just how what they call artboards and they kind of they 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 named it frames because of this because you can set okay artboards inside another artboard right with constraints as well so if you mix all of this fluid grid system all these constraints and frames inside frames uh it's pretty powerful they have uh, in this blog post like some uh, gifs where you know you can see the thing shifting and morphing and you can see how it reacts to it so what uh, what would you use frames within frames for? Kind of didn't understand that from their blog post. So if you want, for example, um, you have this screen, so that's a frame, and then inside a screen, imagine that you have this, I don't know, this uh, another another set of, you want a different set of grids and rules and constraints, right, on this specific area inside of your app, for example. Okay. You can set that another as another frame with their own, uh, grids. Oh, so constraints are always relative to the frame. Um, I think you can do it like to the parent element. I think I'm not sure, but maybe yeah, maybe. I don't. I'm not sure. So that's a pretty cool thing, man. Uh, uh, we as yeah. designers in the design community, we've been talking about this alongside with designing with real data. You know, basically, like the one who kicked this in was uh, Josh Puckett. He, you remember those yeah. blog posts? medium about this adaptive design tool in a way yeah gosh that was so awesome when he published that. yeah and he built the whole damn thing yeah well <laughs> uh he told me he built that in javascript yeah <laughs> <That's> crazy <laughs> bananas so i don't know it, it's it's good to see someone actually implementing this yeah. on a real product because we are not at least from what we can tell uh, Sketch is not doing anything on this aspect, and Adobe is not even. Well, we don't know. Maybe they are. They're just being secretive about it. Maybe. And I know there are some plugins. I've covered some, but still, it's a plugin. It's always a plugin. Yeah, plugins and seem like hack most of the time. It is. So I, I really don't want to depend on a plugin for yeah. a major part of my workflow, right? If it's you know a simple plugin that will sort elements alphabetically, or if this plugin to you know uh, import some icons that's pretty cool but when this kind of like it inf- if you really want to design with constraints in mind it's going to change your whole flow like how you actually use yeah. this tool and you mm-hmm. think of this so i don't want to rely on a plugin for that so yeah so that's the editing tool in yeah. itself uh for figma but they have crazy ambitions right yeah so another thing that we can they're just getting started it's not like their end goal isn't this it's new much more than that and that's the interesting part of it uh because they as i told before like they have version control they are going to allow in the future simultaneous uh editing and they have this very strong uh aspect of the tool which is like comments kind of like in vision so you can add people to your team and you can invite people to this file and people can comment on your file. And, you, you know, you have this timeline of comments which you can answer and you can... I think that's just what you can do now. And because it's on the web, you are going to eventually be able to share assets and share, like, color palettes, right? Like, alongside, like, yeah, through a team, for example. Uh-huh. Um, 
That's a pretty cool idea as well. Yeah, that's going to be cool. And they want to be GitHub for design. Yeah, that's a weird thing. Well, maybe a weird thing, but <laughs> I feel like it's something that I've been wishing for for a really long time. And maybe they maybe they're going to be able to do it. Yeah, when I, when I when I say weird thing, it's not weird as in bad. It's just it's still like an abstract concept. When someone says that they are aiming to be GitHub for designers, you're like, yes, yeah. but what does that actually mean? <laughs> right. There's this interview. Uh, I think it's the CEO, uh, Dylan. He, he wrote um, on Medium a long piece, like, um, uh, you know, talking about the app. But um, we're going to link to that and to uh, this article on... Um, fast co-design where you know the the, the title of the, the piece is figma aims to be a github for designers which is basically in i'm going to quote dylan here um he says that engineers can license libraries and apps to github and build their own brand by showing what they've created um and if designers could do that you know share files and assets it will open a lot of opportunities for designers to get their work out there it will evangelize design in the same way that github evangelized code now, what I take from this, which uh, maybe not accurate, is kind of me reading between lines. Um, you know, when when you share something on GitHub, you're not only sharing like the final lines of code, like the final piece of code. Yeah, you're sharing the real living file. Yeah, you're sharing your history. You're sharing like yeah. uh, the way you work in a way. You can see through the commits and through see through how you actually write the code. You can see you can learn a lot from someone. Um, and you can, of course, incentivize people to to sh to you know contribute to 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 work alongside uh, you in a way. And design has still been up to this day like a very we kind of share the final state. It's very hard. You see Twitter and they share this uh, new version, new redesign of the app, yeah. right? And that's what you have. You can see the final design. <laughs> You don't see how it was created. You don't see how long it took. You don't see how many people were involved. You don't see, um, like the process. It's it's closed. You don't know, uh, and a lot of it is. I mean, for a lot of companies, that's something that they want. But if they would want, I don't know, something like open source design, that could be a thing, right? Uh, which right now with the tools that we have. We can't, we can't really. I think that's where Figma is trying to aim yeah. in a way is like you have your own repositories of design, your own projects on the web. You can open source in a way. People can, you know, mm. people can see through your history, your commits in a way, like how the app has evolved and how do you work as a designer. Um, so that's what I, that's what I interpret this. Yeah, it almost makes me think, um, do you know, like, some some people do that they when they work they re record their screen mm -hmm. and then once they're done they put out like a video that's sped up and that's like two minutes yeah. or something and you see the whole process of all the different variations and how everything got built yeah <laughs> it's like that so <laughs> like sharing a YouTube. yeah it's it's like that but not a video <laughs> like and like you get to see the real file that's awesome i mean yeah especially for new designers that they want to learn from their from their heroes in a way like people they follow and they respect you know what if people were able to see how actually you work even the rock stars designers of the world it's a very messy and it's very humane and there's a lot of errors and there's a lot of trashing what you've done and trying out and and failing and doing it again 
And that would be pretty cool to be able to to see that that process. Very humane way. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And not just this pristine, shiny. And I mean, final I product. would love to see that. I would love to see how what your process is like. I think we all have very different processes. Yeah. And we can learn from each other. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, this is pretty exciting. Uh, it's still beta. It's still. I, I'm not saying that. Yes, this is the answer. We don't know, but yeah, it's a new player with a very interesting idea, uh, a very ambitious uh, mission in a way. And so far, what they've done is impressive. So, like, my hopes are still up. I'm, 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 I'm excited. I'm excited about this. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to watch. And I really like that there's a decent competitor to sketch out there mm -hmm. now. Um, and then there's Adobe that's coming out with their own thing, the Project Comet. There's, there's so many prototyping tools. And I don't know, I feel like next year is really going to be the year where you're going to see so many design tools and i think that's super exciting because we're gonna see like new things evolve and see people come up with brand new ideas and things like constraints are like super awesome and have a huge potential to change the way we work mm -hmm. so yeah i think this is great like I, i don't get the people that are negative about like these tools that come out um because i mean the more the better right oh yeah uh, you, don't, you don't have to use all of them you can but like the more competition competition there is the more uh tools that you have available for you uh and they're all trying to make your your work easier so keeps people on their toes why not welcome them <laughs> yeah and, and it was funny to see you know before this we were visualizing like imagining the future design tool with uh, like um like a merge of sketch in like Marvel or Envision, like prototyping stuff. And that would be the future. Like yeah. one app, you could do it all. And Adobe took, you know, started their take on it with Project Comet. It's that, it's sketch yeah. and a simple prototyping tool. And they came out, Figma, that is, they came out with, uh, yeah, I forgot the prototyping tools. We actually want to merge sketch and collaboration, which they took the part from Envision, not their prototyping tool, from Envision, they took their commenting and their collaboration stuff. And another aspect of this is Figma, uh, I think it only works with uh, teams, at least for now. That's the thing. Like you create a team and you're part of a team, um, kind of like Slack. And uh, they are relying on Slack. Uh, again, there's this blog post. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link that in show notes from Dylan, the the CEO, where they they you have to have Slack to use Figma because you're part of a team. You have to use your Slack team. You create some specific channels. And what they can pull it off like from having this Slack integration from the start is they can they can delegate uh, a lot of stuff to it. For example, like if someone comments on your design, uh, you're not going to have like a Figma notification, you're going to have a Slack notification. Like if someone asks you for some feedback or whatever, like all of the all of the the notification system, you know, it, it's all in Slack. So they can delegate all that Slack, which is kind of like a ballsy move. Even though Slack is huge, uh, it's still not. Yeah. Not well, I feel like they're not replacing the in-app notifications. They're just replacing email with Slack. No. 
Because, uh, like, let's say you get a, you get a new comment in, in Vision. You, just, you get an email, and that's how you get notified of it. And then you click from there, and then you go see what the, what the message mm, was. It's here on the, on the post. You said that uh, they didn't want to create another, yet another place to check messages. And notifications about files in Figma come through Slack not Figma itself. So I haven't tested this like in a team like with other people. Yeah. So I haven't, I haven't tested the, the notification part of it, but from this article, that's, uh, I assume that they're delegating all kinds of communication to Slack. What do you think about, um, the live, um, like editing? So they're on their, their website, they, talk about this feature where Rafa and I could have the same document open at the same time and edit it both at the same time. Mm -hmm. What do you what do you think about that? I am scared. That's the thing. (laughs) When you put it like that, like me and you could be working like on on the layout FM uh, artboard like website. Whatever. That would be pretty cool. Like live commenting and you know working on the same file at the same time. Awesome. But then if you if you if you watch the their official video like promotional video on their website, which by the way was made by Sandwich Video, great video, um, they have the example that they decided to use to to show this feature was I can't remember exactly like the, their positions was was like this designer sharing their design with the creative director or the PM or something, and then the other person is like. Mm, let me just change this a little bit <laughs> and that like yeah <laughs> shivers down my spine like the imagining it's the like, idea uh, of sharing no. your design with a pm or whatever in that person like just making this small changes making the logo bigger that scares the crap out of me <laughs> yeah and it's also a concern for me <laughs> in working at a big team right this is not going to end well. <laughs> yeah. No, but can you imagine, like, you have 50 people that try to access the same file and then someone accidentally, like, moves something or copies or pastes. Exactly. Like, in the wrong place. Like, it just sounds like a nightmare. So, um, it's a feature that needs some... It needs to be toned down or at least like very well controlled. It's kind of like we know when Facebook releases a new feature yeah. and you see the timeline on the videos and it's all beautiful shots of, of nature yeah. and everyone is gorgeous and everyone is super happy and there are no Farmville uh, requests and all. So Memes. Yeah. In this perfect <laughs> world. This, this All over Facebook. Yeah, in this control controlled oh, scenario. Uh, like this feature is awesome. Like you can collaborate at the same time live with uh, your yeah, peers. Yeah, it's the same idea as Google Drive, right? Right. That like you could just all like collaborate on this together. So the idea is, I think, it's in good faith and <laughs> they're well intentioned. But for this to work on the real world, I think they need to. I think they need to. I don't know. Either some like controls of power like this is read only or i only allow designer x and y yeah. to edit files the other ones can read and comment but you can't actually change the, my file something like that i i feel that yeah. that that could work better but yeah because in that case it becomes a bit more like a shared dropbox file right or folder 
where like I send you the link and you can edit it, I can edit it, and we like both make changes to the document, but we don't necessarily edit it at the same time. And then we can then share that to somebody else that's just read only. Right. And I mean, to be fair, uh, this feature, we are talking about it only based on this little video because it's it's right. not in the beta as we speak. So it's still not out yet. But I think it's fair. If you're going to show feature in your promo oh, yeah, video... Yeah, yeah. I don't regret talking about it, but speculate just... Speculate about... Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is they still have time to, you know, to tweak it and work on it. Yeah, we still don't know what, how, how it's going to be to use in real life. So we're just guessing. So what else? Um, the iPad thing would be great. I don't know. Yeah, I... The thing is, have you ever tried to do something in mobile Safari? That's like a web app. Well, you know what? They they could release their own bundle that would be a web view, controlled web view. Yeah, maybe. That might be better. But usually, well, I don't know. So Safari just released the, their thing to remove the click delay. Mm. Right. Uh, from links mm-hmm. and stuff. Because um, that's something that always annoys me so much. When I'm, because sometimes I'm playing with CodePen or something on my iPad, uh, and just clicking save or things like that, you just you just feel that like you're waiting for Safari to respond every time you do something. But that's interesting. Uh, I'm glad you brought it up. Even even on on desktop, the Mac. Well, yeah, the Mac for me. Um, you know, when I started by saying that I usually, if I have the choice, I prefer a native app to a, to a web app. Yeah. I, I, I yep. hope that they release like, even if it's just a bundle, but an app that I could, yeah, they could have a wrapper command tab to exactly like, like Slack. Yes. Slack is a web view, yeah. but you have this bundle that you can download and acts like an app in the, even though it's just a web view, but still. At yeah. least, at least, like remove the Chrome through like oh, of the browser. Uh, yeah, because I mean, I have like thirty-five tabs open right now. Yeah. <laughs> like and then having to tr- try to find where the document I was like designing is amongst all these tabs is just a pain. Agree. So yeah, it'd be great to have a thing in my. I mind. haven't seen that. Like they don't talk about that on the website, and also I'm I'm sure they're gonna do it. I hope so. I hope so. It, I mean, yeah. they have way bigger plans than that. <laughs> like, this seems like a really easy thing to do compared to the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That seems very easy. <laughs> but uh, let's hope. <laughs> At least I can comment out to it. Says two people who have no idea what's actually involved in to make him one. <laughs> Should be easy, isn't, right? Isn't <laughs> programming just like writing? <laughs> just do it. Pretty much. Yep. Uh, yeah, but for the iPad Pro, we, we've had this discussion when we talked about the iPad Pro. I don't remember, like two or three or four episodes ago. I don't remember, but we were talking about, you know, we are waiting for a design tool for the iPad or for a tablet. for Yeah, for a tablet in general. Yeah. And we kind of mentioned that we have this, we have this, this thing where Apple like is not really making changes and plans to make developers happy and the developers don't want to risk you know the effort and, and the time to build a professional app uh, when the app store and the economics of it 
you know, don't they don't assure you that you're gonna make a profit, you're gonna make a return, right? So yeah. we have this this cold war between <laughs> between the technology and the developers that no one really wants to step forward uh, because it's it, it's always a risk, right? Well, it's not just that. Like some of them just can't. Like if you're a small team and you're going to invest like a year making an iPad app that only a couple hundred people are going to buy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're, they're just not making back their investment. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They, they didn't. They would be just losing money. Going back to that discussion, maybe Figma uh, is the one that maybe they're the ones that can actually start because. Because they they have a subscription model, right? Uh No. I assume it's a subscription, but they they don't say. Yeah. Because it's web. Yeah, they don't say anything. It's hard to sell like one app when it's on a website. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. probably going to be a subscription. Yeah. Yeah, but we don't know. And I think it makes sense. Like most most apps, anyways, are like services. Because as soon as they stop being updated, like there's going to be an OS update or something that's just going to break it. So apps aren't just like this one-off thing that you buy and right. then never have to update again. It's something that needs constant like support and evolution. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they can charge for version 2.0. Yeah, having it be a subscription model makes tons of sense. So in that and that in that case like they can uh justify the um, like building the apps for for iPad because they have this recurring revenue from their uh desktop customers right if and if it's a good revenue and that you know can justify that but what i'm saying that there may be the ones actually capable of doing this it's not just you know money and resources is that since this is on a browser since this is platform agnostic and the whole engine is already built and it's going to be reused um, on all platforms i'm assuming that the only thing that they have to do to port this for a tablet is you know just rethinking the ui because the whole rendering engine and all that that's done i'm assuming right yeah yeah probably i'm not saying that's an easy task i mean that's a uh, for designers yeah. that's the big thing <laughs> it's still... how do you reimagine a design tool for a touch screen yeah it's a pretty tough challenge very interesting one it's very i have no idea like it, it, and that's awesome like i don't know what it would look like but it's a it's a cool challenge to work on yeah because and there is very few power apps for the ipad yeah. but so i think there's still a lot of challenges of things that haven't been figured out yet mm-hmm. whereas like designing just like social networks app it's kind of everything has been figured out for you already <laughs> there's not very many like huge design challenges so yeah i think that's definitely something that's super interesting and i'd love to see them take a stab at it yeah have you seen uh the dj app for the ipad pro no no not for the ipad pro tell me about it well they they released um because it just made me think of that it's a dj pro uh for ipad or whatever uh and it's actually on like feature parity with the the bank app hmm. and it's if you look at uh i think i'll try to find a video for you um i'm on the verge okay oh yeah. much sound do you have the <laughs> but yeah ba- basically it's like a super fully fledged app for djs holy crap that looks um, intense and you can have multiple tracks at the same time 
uh, have Spotify integration so you can pull in tracks from there. Oh, should. Um, you can do mixes. You can do sound effects. Um, you can also hook it up to uh, like a TV or a projector um, and have like a video output of either the sound and you can like even tweak it and add filters and like write put text on there and um another thing you could do is uh use the camera from your ipad to stream the video and it's like modified with like filters that take in like the beat of the music while you're djing holy shit it's like it's amazing it's like it's an incredible yeah as you were explaining that i was watching the video holy moly (laughs) yeah that was impressive wish i was dj yeah me too (laughs) i like i i want an app like that for design that doesn't shy away from adding all the like really power user features looks Um, good as well but still making it like super simple and super easy to use yeah so yeah maybe figma is gonna be the one yeah figma take a look at this video on the verge So what else happened? Uh, you know, since we already talked about Figma, just one little side note, which oh, yeah. is kind of related. Um, we have an update from Adobe and Project Comet. Oh, really? Which, yeah, we talked about Comet on the first episode, I believe. Is that right? I think so. I have no idea. The test episodes threw me <laughs> off. Yeah. I have no idea what uh, episode we talked about. What. Uh, that's true. So anyway, Project Comet, we have a... Very small update on Medium. I guess that's what cool people are doing now. That's where everyone posts their yeah. updates these days. So they're going to release a beta uh, early 2016. And basically they are they are assuring that uh, all most of the things that they, they've shown on the, the first reveal, uh, it's already done. Like it's, it's, it's running and people have tested it and it's cool. Just one of those things is a desktop-based preview mode for testing prototypes, kind of like... Kind of like Framer, you know, when you can export your design or prototype and people can like see it and play with it in a browser. So they have that running. Um, and so they are going, they are going to open um, closed or public beta, I'm not sure. And the things that they, that they want to target uh, for the future, like feature-wise, they have a, a big list, but the most interesting for me is they are going to make it possible to use real-world data as part of your design. So basically, like, import data from a JSON file from the API or whatever, and that is going to feed your design. Uh, that's pretty cool. Oh, have you seen that? If you click that link, you can also, you'll also be able to import from um, a Google Drive sheet. Oh. So that's even better. Because, I mean, I'm not sure... I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, I'm not sure everyone's super comfortable with json right like syntax is a bit oh, weird that's, that's uh, but yeah you can just import like a google spreadsheet and select the column you want and put your data it's pretty cool pretty cool super neat um and they're going to extend extend project comment uh via javascript api like basically to allow plugins again just a little small update um on project comment i am still interested in it but it's like oh let me know when it's done. It's like, I don't, <laughs> I'm not interested in being part of this beta just because, I mean, I don't have a good love story between Adobe. Yeah, it's whatever. I'm very happy that they are doing this, but um, I'll wait. 
So you so you mentioned that you've been using Figma for like a month now? Uh, something like that, yeah. Are you using it for real work or just playing with it? Um, so I don't know. <laughs> First, I don't know what you mean by real work. But uh, <laughs> oh yeah, you don't have a job. Yeah, I don't have a job. Um, people might start actually believe that. Uh, by the way, yeah, when I say that, it's just a joke. Guys. <laughs> I do have a job, but I don't work for a company, so that's why Kevin wants to say that. Anyway, um, like all of the projects that I was working, like they were already ongoing. I didn't like switched. I mean, for Sketchcast, <laughs> being problematic. Yeah, I have that. Like <laughs> this week on Sketchcast, <laughs> we work on Figma. <laughs> Um, but you know what? Just like to test and to play with it, um, I've they they support importing sketch files. Mm. I don't know if you've seen that. And so I've imported like a rather it. complex sketch file. I would say like I was like expecting it to cramp a little, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. But no, it was it was pretty good. Like imported oh, flawlessly. Cool. Every vector shape and every every element was uh, was was imported correctly. So. Um, I've played with those like some files I started as in Sketch and then I imported it to Figma and just like use it to test it. That's what I've been doing. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, I've been working on <laughs> it's pretty ironic, but just to try it, I've been working on a redesign of um, the homepage of Sketchcast and <laughs> I've been using Figma <laughs> <laughs> to do that just to see. I'm expect like I'm using it, ex- waiting to see where it will fall short. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'm always expecting, like, okay, so this is where it's gonna, you know, crap itself up. But um, yeah, the big problem is like being in a browser itself. That's the only thing yeah. that uh, maybe it's because I'm not used to it, but uh, I don't care <laughs> if I'm not used. Like if the, if, if it's my problem, I kind of don't care. It's like, uh, yay, you're trying to grab designers. I'm a designer, so it's like. It's your job to make me happy in a way. If you want me to switch, that's how I kind of see it. So I don't want to yeah, be yeah, like, yeah. yeah, making excuses like, oh, it's my mistake. Um, you know, like when you can't do something, when my mom can't do something on this on her iPhone, and she's like, I'm so dumb, I don't understand this. I'm like, no, like designers failed, not you. Right? Yeah, yeah. You're the target. So if you don't know how to do something, it's the designer's fault so that's kind of like how i'm yeah. approaching this but um yeah so no real work yeah that's a good way to see it <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so i guess that's it for the show right you have anything else uh no i think that's it that was a slow week i mean yeah it's holidays you can find the show notes at layout.fm uh, or on your podcast app or whatever you're listening to this you probably have some show notes, uh, if not layout.fm. Uh, there you can also find a submit feedback link button. Kevin, uh, it's a button. So Sorry. you can send us an email. It's not. It is. It's not a button. It, it is a button. So it's a link. Button. So you can also go to Twitter at layout.fm, and there you can follow our Twitter account. Uh, in the bio, you have links for our respective Twitter accounts. Uh, which we would love uh, if you get in touch and give us a follow Um, and yeah thanks for listening bye bye